Welcome to the She Who Wins podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bauer. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. This is the place where we dive into all of the things that matter to you and most importantly, uncover what's holding you back from realizing your dreams. Because she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins. What does it mean to be a queen? Well, today's guest has the answer for us. Dr. Kennedy Garcia is transforming lives every day while wearing a crown figuratively and sometimes literally as a former six-time pageant title holder. She's on an unwavering mission to be a catalyst for moving people from surviving to thriving and seeing the world transformed through the influence of the modern-day queen. Let's get to it. Dr. Kennedy Garcia, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh my God, yes. So I have to start this off because as I was preparing for today, I did a deep dive into your incredibly impressive bio, but there was something in particular that stood out that most people do not have in their bios. And that is you were honored by three White House administrations with presidential service awards for your work as a mental health advocate. Can you, like, let's start there because that's major and the purpose behind it, I'm sure, means something to you. Yeah, so um, it was three separate administrations and now I actually just recently um, was honored by the White House with a Lifetime Presidential Achievement Award. So I guess now they're done giving me awards. (laughs) (laughs) They said, you know what? Like enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a girl just like, yeah, That's you're amazing. done. That's amazing. So how did that happen? And what was it for? I have, so it was for a lot of things, um, but the totality has been, you know, for 15 years, I have been a, an advocate for mental health, um, increasing access to services, making sure that people have resources in the community, speaking on behalf of the American um Foundation for Suicide Prevention and being an ambassador for them. And that really uh, sparked out of tragedy, believe it or not. I, for the first time about 15 years ago, experienced being a suicide loss survivor. So a person in my family died by suicide. And, um, you know, culturally, it's not, it wasn't something that we spoke about at the dinner table, right? We talk about all types of things. We talk about, oh, girl, where'd you get your shoes? We talk about, you know, oh, who was going off to college and how excited we are about that or who's in the military and how they're doing overseas. We talk about all of the things and a lot of them matter, but we never spoke about mental health and how are you taking care of yourself? And, you know, we... I come from a family of very strong women and men. And I think the misnomer is that if you're strong, that strength is the absence of vulnerability or, you know, problems, if you will. And so no one ever sees it coming. And I wanted to make sure that um, we never experience that type of loss ever again, because it is completely preventable. And so I became a, a mental health advocate and, um, I raised over $100,000 for, you know, fundraising for organizations and helped to create an app where girls can get mental health services right at their fingertips. 
Um, there was a lot of stuff that I did there. So part of that lifetime achievement and those three recognitions from um, administrations had been for the work that I did in mental health advocacy. But then also, I have been a mentor for a very long time, as probably as long as I can remember, but I created my own nonprofit organization called the Dream Academy. And I primarily did this because advocating for mental health is great. Creating resources when people are in crisis is wonderful. But I felt like we needed to address root causes. Like, why do we always wait until there is the tragedy before we're giving someone resources to do something about it? And so I was at a conference called the Makers Conference down in Southern California uh, for an organization that I sit on the board for. And one of the things that I learned about was the gender dream gap. And so there's this study that was produced um, by a couple of different places, Harvard being one of them, that says that girls stop dreaming at the age of seven, whereas boys continue to dream all the way through adulthood. And that act of no longer seeing yourself in a dream, being able to fulfill a dream or thinking that you're capable of living a dream is one of the triggers, if you will, of feeling hopeless. And as we know, hopelessness leads to suicide ideation, which leads to suicide attempts, right? And so I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be great if we could restore the thought of dreaming and not just teach girls that dreaming is important, but show them how to continue to do it and give them resources to be able to live those dreams out. And so that is what I created the Dream Academy for, And it slowly turned from do a mentorship there and providing college campus tours and college planning to scholarships for girls who are graduating from high school, going to four-year universities. And um, now it has morphed into really teaching these girls leadership skills because that's what it boils down to, right? Letting them see what leaders look like that that they can see like the reflection of themselves in and believe that they can do it and to connect them to people in certain industries so that they can have shadows and mentors. And it's just, it's it's the thing that makes my heart so full, which is, I can talk about it all day, I won't. But um, the other half of that lifetime achievement is certainly based on the mentorship and philanthropy that I've done through my nonprofit. That's amazing. You're amazing. Incredible. And that's like not even... Like, like that scratches the surface of everything that you do. Um, and b- b- before I move on, I just want to add, so I mentor some college women as well. And what is so striking to me was that, I mean, these women, these women are so intelligent and so driven and they're cutting their dreams short based on what their parents see for them. And... <laughs> You know, when I first heard that, I was like, it it was a little heartbreaking and Mm -hmm. it was sort of a struggle of like, what's my role here as a mentor? You know, like, do you create discord by trying to change that narrative? Like how, you know, but, but if it was just with this group of women that were, were saying the same things like that, I would imagine that problem must be bigger. And there you go. You just summed it up. Yeah, it is. um, It is mind-blowing to me because as I started to mentor girls, especially from the ages of 13 to 19, I realized that 
you know, we're, we're so quick as a society to blame like social media for the problems that we have. And we'll blame bullies for the problems that, you know, girls, young girls have or what they go through. But what I found is that a lot of the limited beliefs that people carry come from themselves and from their own households. And so it is this dichotomy of like, how do you help them eliminate those limited beliefs when they're living in an environment where someone is constantly telling them the opposite of what you want them to feel and believe, right? Yeah. (laughs) And so that's why mentorship never ends. It's this cyclical thing that you just have to stay in there and you have to get them to um, come to a place of self-empowerment. And um, that takes time, but it's so worth it. I've seen people change their lives just based on having the right mindset. And to me, that's, that's all I need. This message is for the dreamers, doers, and goal getters out there. The She Who Wins Summit, a live event experience, is coming to Connecticut on April 28th and 29th, 2023. It's time to supercharge your soul so you can show up even more powerfully in your life, in your relationships, and in your business and career. Learn more at shewhowins.com. So you have worn a crown or two in your life, or what, like nine Six, something like that. A lot, more than one hand. You're a pageant title holder. How ha- how has that played into your confidence? I mean, I and I don't want the like, like I want the story of how hard was it to get on stage and do that as a woman where we're constantly like bombarded with messages that you're not enough or you're not worthy or you're not pretty enough or something's wrong with you. Like how, how did that play into how you were shaped? Yeah, I will say that pageantry is, I hear girls all the time because I also coach, you know, aside from being a title holder. And I hear girls tell me all the time when I say, why are you doing this pageant? They're like, oh, I just want to gain more confidence. And I'm like, this is the wrong place for that, boo. Let me tell you why, right? You have to be confident going into it because pageantry will battle test your confidence. It You better have armor of confidence going into it because you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea all the time. You're not going to be the girl that they're looking for all the time. And quite frankly, it's okay when you aren't because you don't want to spend an entire year in a job because that's what it is. Being a title holder is a job. You don't want to spend a year in a job where you don't really fit into the value system, into the ideas that they have, into where they want to take their organization, you're their spokesperson, right? So you have to be confident stepping onto that stage, stepping into that interview room, um, engaging with people in the pageant industry altogether before you do it, not as a way to gain that confidence because it will surely test it and it has more of an ability to like tear it down if you're not steadfast in it than it does to build it up. I will say that um, I've been a very confident person my whole life, probably overconfident in some things. <laughs> so I am not lacked in the confidence space, but that is, I will attribute that, that to having fantastic parents. Like I had parents that actually built up my dreams, that supported everything that I wanted to do, that told me I could do all things. 
And, you know, if I put my mind to it and work hard and pray on it and have faith that things would be bestowed upon me that other people wouldn't have access to just because of who I am. And I believe them, right? And they built me up every single day of my life to the point where when other people would say stuff, it was very easy for me to dismiss what was said about me from some stranger. It's like, I have parents. My dad tells me I'm beautiful every single day. So some guy says that. It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're not getting brownie points over here because you recognize the greatness. I know there's greatness there. <laughs> so to a fault, uh, you know, I may have been overconfident in some situations, but I will take that all day over letting this world tell me what my value and my worth is. Oh, I love that. I love it so much. All right, then. So let's go there. Let's talk about how, because anyone listening to this is going to say, I wish I had an ounce of what Kennedy has. How do you coach someone or teach them? Where do you start for someone who doesn't have that confidence and doesn't feel that same level of exuberance or worth about who they are? Where, where do they go? For me, the starting point is always your creator, right? And you don't have to believe in the God that I believe in or the God that I serve, but you've got to believe in something that's greater than yourself, right? Because you didn't create yourself. You weren't here <laughs> um, cosmically. So you have to believe in something that's greater than you. And so tapping into that source and what that source says about you and the things that you're capable of and what you can do and who you are and the image that you should have in your mind about what you can be, to me, comes from that place. And so I always start there. Um, and, and if a person doesn't believe in anything greater than themselves, I'm probably the wrong person to coach them, yeah. right? And you should find someone who's aligned to your belief system, because that's the only way they're going to be able to motivate you and support you and, and where meet you where you are. And I truly believe in meeting people where they are, right? And I, but I think the second step to that is really, what are you great at? <laughs> I think so many times we get bogged down in the what we can't do syndrome because we're always trying to do something that we're not gifted at in the first place because we think it's what other people want. We think it's what society needs us to do and the demands that we placed on ourselves based on some external force. And so I help girls get to the center of who are you? What do you want? And what things are you already great at? Um, where are your blind spots? Like, where do you need to strengthen your blind spots so that you can be better? And then there's nothing like a confidence builder better than experience, right? So for people who procrastinate and make up excuses why they can't do something, oh, I can't, I really want to be a writer, but I'm not really good at it, but I really have a desire that is placed in my heart to be a writer and to produce a book, right? This is a conversation I had a week ago. <laughs> um and it's like, okay, well, have you started? Well, no, because I don't know where to start. Have you written anything? Oh, I used to have a blog. Well, guess what? You have a starting point, right? It's like sometimes we have blind spots where 
we have a desire for something, we don't know how to get started in that. And we think it's going to take this massive effort for us to just jump in and do. But if we take a step back and we look at the incremental, the 1% of, you know, the things that we have done, we can probably find our own starting point with something that is sitting right in front of our face and we just don't see it. And so, I encourage them to get started, practice, practice, do as much as you can. Um, and confidence comes with performance. And, you know, and I, I don't think there's a such thing as perfection, but I do think there is progress. And progress is always better than trying to make something perfect before you can even move forward. Yeah. And I think that goes hand in hand with just being uncomfortable. Like so many people don't want to be uncomfortable. And it's like, it's that discomfort that actually moves you forward. And then when you start to get comfortable in the uncomfortable is when you can start moving forward even more and move the needle any more. But people want to keep play it safe. And when they play it safe, they try, they end up playing small. Absolutely. And this world does not benefit from any of us playing small. It really doesn't. Like if we were playing small, first of all, we all have these technology gadgets and iPhones and we've got AI coming out and people are using that. If those people who created that stuff would have played small, we'd still be using pagers. <laughs> and, and, right. So, so if you think about it, like the world does not benefit. We cannot innovate things, move us forward as a society if people choose to play small. Yeah, absolutely. So you talk about awakening the queen within you. That's one of your your keynote speeches that you give and you teach. What does that look like? What does it look like to be a queen? Well, what it looks like is I'm staring at one right now. You are a queen, right? I feel like I have I have been sent to this world because I'm on a mission to let every single woman know that she was born a queen. And there is no bigger pet peeve of mine than to meet someone who doesn't know it already, right? And I feel like, um, so if God was handing out superpowers before people were born. I think I got like an x-ray vision to a person's soul. And that is one of my superpowers. And I can see things that they can't see in themselves and help them identify the queen that's sitting right inside of them. Like, tell me your story. And in five minutes, I will tell you how you've shown up in your life as a queen. And sometimes as the person who is going through that, it's harder for them to see it. And so, you know, you got me who comes along and says, no, 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 let me tell you what I see. Let me tell you how you're already a queen and everything you need is already inside of you. And you just got to tap into it. And there's different ways to do that. And so I'd help walk them through the different ways of tapping into it and exactly what it means to show up as the queen that you already are. I, I'm like, I'm cheering and I'm like, you know, screaming at the other end quietly, not out loud, or the editors will hate me for this. But uh, but what I love about what you just said is that that level of support from one woman to another. And, you know, for a really long time, I lived and worked in a space where that didn't really exist. And then I entered into this, this whole new space where every single woman 
was like, I see you. I'm cheering you on. How can I help you? How can I support you? How can I raise you up? And it's an incredible place to be. And I think that so much of that message is like, if you're listening to this and you don't can't immediately think of the women in your life who are your your Kennedys, then find those people because they exist and they want to be in your circle. Absolutely. It's one of the things that I tell women all the time, especially women who are transitioning from like college into the workplace. I tell them that they all need a PBOD and the PBOD is a personal board of directors, right? And so on this board, so every great company that's a profit company anyway, um, they've got a board, right? Nonprofits have a board, but the board is there to help guide, steer, direct, and help catapult you, position you for the greatness that already exists within the company. As people, we don't typically have a board. And I'm like, why not? We need a personal board of directors that can do the exact same thing that companies use them for. You need the cheerleader who's going to have your back, that's going to tell you, Queen, I see you and I know what you're going through and there's a hurdle in front of you, but you can get over. And if you can't, let me put my hands down there to help prop you over this fence right now, right? You need that. You need the CEO of your personal board and whoever that is that you trust to help guide and direct and make decisions and that you go to, for me, God's my CEO, right? We're going to have a conversation about every single thing that I need to do in my life. And I want to make sure that my plan is aligned to the plan that he has for me. And if it's not from him, I don't want it. And that's my personal CEO. And then you need to have a mentor, someone who's been where you're going, who can help you navigate the waters, avoid the pitfalls, that are set up for us to fail and to help you see the playing field much clearer than you would be able to see it on your own. And then you need a sponsor on your board because your sponsor is totally different than your mentor. Your sponsor is going to open doors for you, put their name on the line and say, this is the person. When they have a seat at the table, they're going to make room for you to sit next to them. That is extremely important in life and in business and in all aspects of the things that you want to succeed in. And so I tell people all the time, do not, don't just find yourself a Kennedy, find yourself a PBOD (laughs) so that you can really live in your fullness. I love that. Oh my God. That's, that's so great. And as you were going through that, I'm like, Oh, that's that person. And that's that person. And I'm like, yep. Oh, I might need that. (laughs) So there might be a job application for, for one of those. I'll put it out there. (laughs) All right. You are, you're going to be at the She Who and Summit. You're teaching a workshop and you're going to be on our panel. So can you talk a little bit about what we can expect from your workshop? Yes. I'm so excited for this workshop. So um, I'm going to be talking about redefining wealth Mm. and defining that from a very different place than what people are used to right now. When you think of wealth now, um, you know, it's often centered on financial wealth. And that is one aspect of wealth. But there are so many other aspects. And I don't want to give it away, but you know, we're going to go through all of the traditional aspects of that. But then I want to guide people to creating their own version of what wealth looks like for them. 
and help put some steps that are practical that they can put into place as soon as they leave there um, in helping to attain that, right? But you can't just stop there because once you get it, you need to keep it and sustain it. And what does that plan look like in your life based on the wealth definition that you've created? And as a person who has like really been through a lot personally, from a health perspective, professionally, um, you know, in a 25 year career and then having my own business and a nonprofit, uh, my definition of wealth is a little different. Ah. Than most. So, okay. Did that change over time? Yes. Just like my definition of success has changed over time, right? When I was maybe an undergrad or something, I thought that success was I had to get this great job, make six figures. Like, you know, my idea of boss was totally different than as a 40 something year old woman. <laughs> you're, in, you're in good company, girl. <laughs> um my idea of wealth and success are very focused on holistic ideas than they are about a title, um, a piece of paper, or um, a job. So yeah, very different. Yeah, it's it's interesting how like each decade, I think those things change. And you know, like your 40s or my 40s are so different for my thirties as to how I would, would define that. So that, that's going to be great. Then you're on the panel. We're, we're, we're diving into, and you are like so perfect to have on this panel, but it's called the modern feminist. So we are going to have a lively conversation because you are, I mean, you are a queen in every sense in, in that you wore the crowns, but you're also an entrepreneur and in charity focused. And like, you have such a wide range of experience. And um, so I'm excited to have your input on, on the panel as well. So Kennedy, where do we find you? How do people connect with you? You can find me most commonly on Instagram. Um, I'm very active at Spiritual Boss Chick, which is my prof- uh, profile name on Instagram. It's also my profile name on YouTube. Um, I have a show with three It's three hosts. Two are my best friends. I'm one of the hosts called The Pink Couch, and you can find that on our YouTube link, um, which you can also get in my bio. So um, I'm all over the place. <laughs> So fun. Okay. Final question for you. Mm-hmm. What does winning mean to you? Oh, um, you know, winning to me, I feel like I win every day, every day that I wake up and choose to live in faith instead of fear, instead of making decisions from a place of what could possibly happen that I wouldn't want making them from the perspective of why not me? Why not now? And not allowing things to determine the future that I'm creating out of fear. Like that to me is winning. Amazing. That's amazing. So nice to finally chat. I can't wait to hug you in person. And thank you. So, oh, wait a second. I can't let you go without you sharing. You just got a new title that is really exciting and you have not put it on your bio yet, but I want you to announce it here. 
I just won the title of Mrs. California International 2023. I am so excited. You have no idea. Like I've had seven titles and including an international title before, and none of them have been as meaningful to me than this win. And there's, it's a number of reasons why that's the case, but um, this one means a lot to me. This is the one that I feel like I can retire now. That Amazing. <laughs> but I have to go compete first um, with, you know, 50 other married women across this world because it's an international platform and we will be in Kingsport, Tennessee in July. Oh my God. I can't wait to see how you do. I'm so excited for you. Huge congratulations. Like you Thank are, you. you, you are a queen. I'm so honored to chat with you and see you in person. Thank you for spending your time with us. Thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap. Please subscribe to the She Who Wins podcast so you'll be the first to know about every new episode that drops. Until next time, and remember, she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins.